You are listening to the Young Western Podcast with your hosts, Cheyenne and Montana Donuquette, where we talk about all things from Western lifestyle to your dating stories and honestly everything in between that. <laughs> Hope you enjoy. This episode is proudly brought to you by Geralee Western Show Attire. If you have been on the east coast of Australia or attended the recent ABHA finals in 2023, then there is a good chance you've already seen Geralee's range of the metallic snakeskin and glitter glamour shirts. Geralee created this range so that you could look your best while doing your best. For the past year, Geralee Western Show Attire has been building a brand and clothing some of the best names in rodeo and the barrel horse world, both rider and their equine athlete. From your stable checked rodeo shirts to a wide range of stunning glamour shirts, to a variety of saddle pads, whether you need a show pad, a contour show pad, a barrel pad, or you just need work pads, Jaralee can get these custom made to you with your chosen size and color that you desire. So jump over to the Jaralee Western Show Attire's Facebook page for sales and information. Whilst you're there, you can also look at their Instagram and TikTok. We hope you really enjoy this podcast and a huge thanks to Jaralee for sponsoring this episode. So this week on the podcast, we have Suzanne Brooks. Welcome, Suzanne, to the podcast. Hi, everyone. Um, we have been kind of trying to line this up for a little while. Suzanne, you're a Australian bow racer who moved over to the States. How long ago? You've been over here quite a while. Oh, gosh, so I first came over here, and I don't want to say this because it'll make me sound really old, but I first came here like 20 years ago and I flew a horse over. Um, yes, yes. And, and then I realised that I didn't quite have enough money, so yeah. I packed my butt up and I went back to Australia to earn enough money so I could come back here and try again. And so I moved back over permanent more permanently I should say in late 2017 2018 yeah so what did you do with that horse that you flew over initially so funny story um the the horse was called Scooter and he was originally owned by Alan Knox and Bridget Brandenburg had won um a fair bit on him barrel racing and Alan Knox and a, a lot of calf ropers had won on him anyway Alan allowed me to bring him over here um and we had some soundness issues and so I turned him out and it ended up that Jimmy Smith, um, her father, John Smith, bought the horse. And Jimmy ended up going to the UPRA finals and did really well at the Josie Junior World. Wow. On him and, yeah, that was a long time ago. Like Jimmy was just a kid. Like he would be close to to 20 years ago now. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I didn't realise that you'd brought a horse over. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. And then uh, you moved back over more permanently, like 2017, you said? Yeah, late 2017. Um, I guess when I was first over here, like, I think I was probably a little too young and I really didn't have a- a- any money. Like I was broke. Yeah. Like I was yeah. like scramble in the middle of my glove box trying to find enough coins <laughs> to buy a can of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh and so eventually reality caught up and I'm like, you know, this isn't working. I need to go home and, and regroup. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I did. And um, I came back over and, um, yeah, here I am. And, it, and it's, still been, it's still been a challenge this last trip, but... I feel like things are starting to work out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, from social media and stuff like that, you did really well at the circuit finals this year. 
Um, and that's like, that's tough competition. The NFR girls at those circuit finals, I mean, you're doing really well on the pro rodeo circuit, which is so tough. Yes, yes. I've been incredibly lucky to have great horses under me. And that's one thing I really like. Like, you can be the most talented rider, but you have to have the horsepower under yeah. you. And you either have to buy the horsepower and learn to ride it, or you have to get lucky and find the right, you know, horse that suits yeah. you. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I I guess I just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, mean, I also love that you've kind of seen it from both sides. Like you've brought a horse over, sort of dealt with that, and then this time I guess you had to buy the the horses you've got now, right? Yes, yes, I have. Like the first horse that I bought when I was over here in 2017 was Fortune and Fame. Mm-hmm. Um and he's an own son of Dash to Fame. And I really at that point I had to have a horse that I could go win on in yeah. order to have a sports fee or you know, a sports visa yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and he taught me to win at a high level. Um yeah. and yeah and I guess the rest sort of rolls on from there you you have a great horse and they enable you to meet great people and, and they put you on the map so to speak yeah you know, they I, really I, do. Mm-hmm. yeah so I I owe everything to fortune and fame and I still have <laughs> him and he will stay with me until the end of time <laughs> yeah so did you kind of I feel like we're just kind of jumping straight into it but that's fine like from mm-hmm. Your first trip over, did you get to make a lot of contacts and stuff like that? Did it make did that kind of make it easier to come over the second time or or did you still have to kind of start from scratch a little? I really started from scratch because yeah. when I first came over, I didn't have I, I didn't really have the horsepower and I was really too young mm-hmm. to, you know, make a lot of contacts that yeah. Um, and that was like a big gap, you know, like I went back to Australia for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And you rodeoed when you went back home, you uh, kind of did a whole, you lived up Queensland, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So I, yeah, I sure did. Yep. 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 So, um, and of course, you know, I thought from minute there, um, oh, you know, I, I'm over the rodeo bug. I don't need to go back. But it it never quite left me, and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> it grabs a hold of you pretty quick. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. How did you find your um, fortune and fame? Like, how did you find him initially? Did you kind of come over looking, and you knew sort of what type of horse you were looking for? Or did you have people help you find him? I had um, Lance Graves actually found him for me, yep. mm-hmm. um, and I rode fortune once and the bought him and the, the rest is history and it really wasn't until after I'd purchased him that I realized just how great of a horse he was yeah um yeah, yeah. and I mean he he, he 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 was a little difficult to get with at the start but he was. <laughs> all the good ones are aren't they <laughs> yes <laughs> that's awesome put it this way we ran a lot of barrels over <laughs> Yeah, and that was, I, um, uh, you know, kind of being in slight, I mean, I think that everyone, not everyone, but bow races that come over here, they kind of are in similar situations. You know, it's do you have the horsepower back home to bring over? 
Um, mm-hmm. Or do you come over and you have to learn to get with a really powerful, amazing horse? And that can take a little while. Um, and if you do, you're going to be amazing. But, yeah, that was my thoughts. It was I have this horse back home that's really great. Can I take him over and know how to ride him? Or do I sell him and try and figure out how to ride something else that someone else has trained, you know? Yeah, and I think, like, there's um, there's positives in both ways. Yeah. You know, I, I and I think, like, some of our horses in Australia, like, they're good enough to compete over here. I mean, mm-hmm. and they've proven that they can. Yeah. Um, we just don't have the depth of horses in Australia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was kind of another thing I wanted to touch on with you. What is your – I mean, that's, that's kind of what everyone says. You know, it's uh, we have the talent in the people, the talent in the horses. It's just so much bigger over here and there's so many more people and horses, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's so many more variables, you know, like the rodeos over here, um, it's hard to explain to somebody what it's like when you're at the back of the alley at Denver or Fort Worth Stock Show, you know, or some of those really big rodeos, like the, you can almost feel the electricity in the air and there's like horses and carriages and flags and acts yeah. and the, the ground is almost vibrating. Yeah. And we don't have anything like that in Australia. And so that's a lot for a horse and a rider yeah. to take in to start with. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No, it's um, it's really interesting. And, yeah, we've plenty of people have brought horses over from back home and done well and then same type of thing. You can buy them over here and get with them and do really well. I think it's pretty, um, you know, it shows the type of talent we have in the horses and the trainers that yeah kind of both ways it can work yes yeah yeah I mean it, it's much of a muchness um and I guess you know if you're going to buy a horse over here it's having the right contacts to find you the right horse yeah that's that's a big thing yeah it really is and how did you find your contacts did you just sort of once you got over here find people to help you out yeah, so I went and rode horses. Um, I knew when I first came over here, I, I'm not somebody that necessarily will ever go and work for somebody. I've always worked for myself. But I knew that I had to ride a lot of horses every day in order to be tuned up enough and be able to ride at this level. Like you can't yeah. just ride one horse a day and think you're going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to Lance Graves and I went and stayed there. And, you know, I rode a lot of horses every day for several months. And he put me in contact with Kendall and I bought Fortune and Fame. And, and you know, and then after that I went off and did my own thing. And um, I can honestly say nearly every horse I've ridden since Fortune has come from Canada. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, I, I just, I got, I guess I, I, I was very lucky to, to meet a good trainer up in Canada. Um, our riding and training styles meshed and I've purchased and have ridden a lot of horses that have come from Ontario, Canada now. And, and that has been a big part of my success here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important too. If you can find someone that kind of understands the way you ride, your style, um, and what type of horse suits you, that helps a lot. There are so many horses over here that you could buy. Like there are so many horses for sale all the time that, um, yeah, I think that's going to help you a hell of a lot if you can find someone that knows 
what you're looking for and what's going to help you to win, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And somebody that believes in you because yeah. it's really, really hard over here it, to stay confident in yourself when you first come here. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree yep. with you. Though. Did you have <laughs> like, kind of like a certain, you know, like a bit of a mentor or someone to help you um, go down the road? And I, I mean, that's what I admire about you right now. Like you hit the road pretty hard this summer. I, I sort of, I would always hear your name up, but never get to see you. But I mean, you hit the road pretty hard, and I could imagine that was super hard doing it all by yourself. It is really hard, and I, I've never really had a mentor like. I mean, if I want to find out about, you know, what it's like to camp somewhere or what an arena is like, like I might reach out to, to Emily Bythel or Ivy Hurst, you know, um, somebody like that, um, or Jackson Montgomery. Like, I've, So I have a few people that, like, I will reach out to and ask questions. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I've always been somebody that kind of likes to row my own boat, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> But in saying that, I have had some really good help helping me drive and just being supportive friends. Yeah. You know, and, and so I've, I've always been lucky enough to have that in my corner. Yeah. And you just kind of had to believe in yourself and trust the process. And <laughs> Yep, yep, yep. But, I mean, trust me, like there's been plenty of times like, you know, rodeoing, especially over summer, and you haven't slept for three days and you've hit <laughs> barrels or you haven't won a check and, like, I'm hanging over the steering wheel, sipping on my Red Bull, crying my eyes out at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, wondering why I am doing what I am doing <laughs> yeah. as I swipe my credit card for Yet another tank of diesel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's um, I and I've even found the rodeo scene is so different over here. You know, people are in it to like to make a living, and I mean, most people are in it to like make a living, or they're not. I think back home, it's a little bit more because there's so many less rodeos. You'll go and hang out for a week at like the big rodeos, and then drive home. Like you're not um out on the road for like three months straight and crossing paths with people but not necessarily you know getting that much time to sit down and um sort of like hang out and enjoy other people's company that I think especially as kind of Australians or I mean for me personally and I've spoke to a few other people when you don't have like the kind of like people you've known your whole life your family and stuff on the road it can get pretty lonely <laughs> it does get really lonely and I will say the first two or three years I was here and rodeoing pretty hard like that was one of the hardest things um because like you'd be crisscrossing across the countryside and, and I always look back to like over July 4th you know and we'll be going from South Dakota to Utah to Montana to Wyoming you know and you see all of these like rodeo rigs crisscrossing back and forth across the main highways yeah and like you wave to each other and like you know who that person is but there's not really any social interaction yeah. because we're always in a mad hurry to get somewhere else yeah yeah that was a that was a really big difference I kind of noticed between the two and I think that's why I mean some people don't enjoy it as much because they don't get that kind of like social time and I mean I think it definitely decides and it like it decides who is at the rodeos to really kind of want to try and make a living out of it and who is there for more of the social side you know absolutely Absolutely. And what I have learned is it probably like 
I always try over summer to like have a friend in the truck with me. Yeah. Um, not necessarily another competitor, but, but, but a friend that is there to help me drive and be supportive and be company and, and pick me up when I'm feeling crappy because I haven't won anything and I, I'm being hard on myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and somebody to share all of the cool sights with as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, I, I'm not sure about you, but I think it's pretty easy to get, you know, I've had, life. I could get, you know, my mom to come over and they'd just be happy to be there and be like, you, you need to enjoy this more. Like, this is so exciting, but it gets so, you know, normal to you once you've been doing it for a little while. It does. I've tried really hard not to take it for granted because I, I think if you rodeo over here, you're lucky enough not just to see some of the coolest sights in the world that other Australians don't necessarily get to see, but we're seeing more than most of America gets to see. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is nothing cooler than, you know, like going through Yellowstone or Grand Tetons, you know, um, or, or seeing all of those like amazing places. And, and yes. that is part of the um, appeal, I guess, to yeah, me it, yeah. of, of rodeoing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, I often... Um, you know, I might be talking to Americans and they'll be like, man, you've been to more states than me. I'm like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I've seen some pretty cool things too. Yes, yes. I, I'm big on like you, you always need to take time to smell the roses because we are lucky enough to get to see a lot of very cool things and we shouldn't take it for granted. Yeah, definitely. No, that's awesome. Yep. Um. So what, so did you have like a, did you kind of, when you came over the second time, was that your your first time rodeoing or did you rodeo a little bit the first time you came over? I tried to rodeo a little bit the first time I came over and it didn't go very well. I mean, I got my butt handed to me. <laughs> Just like the competition and stuff? The competition, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, like, I won a couple of open rodeos and, you know, like, I I wasn't making a goose of myself, but like I certainly wasn't at the standard that I had hoped I was going to be at. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was very humbling. Yeah. Very humbling. <laughs> yeah. I think we're very lucky to um, like now there are so many, there's so much social media and, you know, you can sort of, I think you can see a lot and, I kind of gauged where I would be at before I came over with, like, I talked to Tanil a lot and, um, mm-hmm. like, just being able to talk to people so much with all the social media you have, I think that helps too. I mean, for me anyway, it kind of was like I knew where I was going to be roughly. <laughs> oh, it helps tremendously. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it over here and rodeoing without the help of social media. For a lot of yes. different reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, even if you're driving in the middle of nowhere at one in the morning, you can post on the Texas page, you know, is there anywhere to stop in this area? Yeah. So th- that in itself is a big help. <clears throat> yeah. No, I couldn't I couldn't even imagine how to get around without um, Google Maps. So yeah. I would do <laughs> stuff without social media and the internet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh gosh. oh gosh so you're over here right now on a sports visa yes i'm on a sports visa um i've had it renewed 
twice now and it comes up for renewal again next year. Um, yeah. And so hopefully hopefully it all goes well and it gets renewed again, but it's always in the back of my head, you know, you have to keep doing well, Susan, or they won't renew your visa. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that process for you? Like I know you said before you had to kind of come over and start doing that well immediately to keep that visa. Well, to even apply for the visa. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure things like year to year they're always changing, you know, mm-hmm. as to what's required. But but I did go to an immigration attorney that specialised in sports visas to initially get my sports visa and I've had him renew it for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, once and then I will have him put it in and renew it for me next year. Um, and it was basically just a matter of providing a lot of paperwork and evidence that I was able to compete at a at a higher level and getting a lot of references from people that were higher up, you know, in the sport, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And yep. that's kind of what I've pushed along. Um, even Toby Hale that uh, Shine did the podcast with last week, he's trying to get his and that's, I mean, that's all you can do is just gather ev- evidence and um, kind of like have people in your corner ready to help and back you. And I mean, it's just up to them, really. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I mean, uh, and you can put it, you know, you can put it all together and apply yourself. You don't need to use an immigration attorney. I chose to use an immigration attorney because I didn't want to take a risk. Like, I wanted to make sure that I had every base covered. Like, it, it was too important to me to put at risk. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I, I did the same thing. Um, and it made it pretty, pretty easy. And they kind of know what they're talking about. They, um, they know what you need, and they help you find, you know, the evidence and everything like that to get, get it done. Yes, exactly. But I mean, it's certainly doable. Yeah. So I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let the process of doing it frighten anybody back in Australia, like throw your hat in the ring, find an immigration attorney. It it is all doable if you're dedicated enough. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I got it done. So I think think, it's pretty easy to do. Yep. 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 What kind of, would you, do you have any advice or anything like that for someone, say, Bowers wanting to come over? I know we've talked to kind of a few rough stock lately, but I think, I think the whole, um, Bow racing scene is a whole lot different to the rough stock scene just in the amount of girls and horses there are. I mean, I live here in um, like right by Weatherford and there is just like every bow race every night of the week has over 100 entered. Um, and these are, you know, NFR quality girls. I just, what would you, what kind of advice would you give if there was bow racers wanting to come over, where to start, you know, kind of like, yeah, how do you learn the ropes? I would probably tell them to do as they say and not as they do because I did it the hard way because I'm stubborn like that. Yeah. <laughs> but but find contact somebody over here and find a, a base, you know, and, and f- surround yourself with some people that believe in you yeah. and that will help show you the ropes and help, you know, like even – finding where the jackpots are finding a nice horse to ride um like even finding your way to the local arena like yeah yeah just reach out reach out to me or another australian like we're all willing to help anybody at any given time i I, 
Well, at least I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And there, there is so much that goes into it. I found, um, and I mean, I'm still kind of working my way through it, but the whole rodeo entering system, like permits, buying your cards, like I found that so confusing. And um, I had, like, I have some of the best people around me, but I still, I just think when you've come from a completely different kind of like way it's ran, um, mm-hmm. I found that all so confusing, how to enter rodeos, how to, um, you know, like the trade system, the drawing out, all that type of stuff. Yes. I mean, uh, and it's a lot to get thrown at you when you first turn up here from another country. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and like I said, like reach out and ask people, you know, even most of those girls that are in the top 50 in the world, like they're not as intimidating as we might think they are. They'll <laughs> all happily help you out. Yeah, yeah, I think it's you see all those girls on, you know, on the Cowboy Channel on TV when you're back home and you're like, oh, my God, they're they're crazy superstars. And then you kind of get to see them in person. They're pretty much also willing to help out and they'll all say hi. And Yes, exactly. Like everybody started somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I definitely like I wouldn't tell anybody to not give it a go because it's the greatest thing that I have done is, <laughs> is coming over here. But. It is not an easy thing to do. Like I have laughed and cried just as much as I have, you know, I, I've, I've cried as much as I've laughed yes. and I've smiled. Like, <laughs> so you may as well just accept that that's part of it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think the, um, it's a massive learning curve, but I, like, I just think if you – uh, and I did, I guess when I came over, I didn't really realize that I was maybe like, you know, you just get stuck in your ways. And since I came over my entire, like my writing style has changed. I'm, I mean, it's improved. I've changed things just to become a better writer and the things I've learned, like there's just no way I could have learned this stuff back home because it's just a bigger, crazier scale over here. I, and I couldn't agree more. Um, it's like, I thought that I used to be able to ride when I was back in Australia and then I came here and I'm like, well, I just got my butt handed to me. So <laughs> I need to change some things. Yeah. And I think it's just riding around different people and um, seeing all the different styles and how everything works, it just makes you realise like there's, there's more than one way to do it. Yes, there is. And you know what I, I found like... I have a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot, but I have three or four people that I regularly send my videos to and I'm like, hey, can you see anything that I need to work on or can you see a bad habit developing? Like I'm very open about that. Yeah. Um, like even my winning runs, like I will still send to, to people I trust yeah. and have them pick it apart. Yeah. Um, but I spend a lot of time. Like if I'm at a rodeo or a futurity, I like watching the everybody warm up and I like watching how everybody enters the arena. Mm-hmm. Like you can learn so much if you'll just sit quietly and watch everybody. Yeah. And, th- and there's so many right ways to get something done. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways. Yeah, and there um, really is. And it's just kind of like being able to watch these people and they're, they're all so different, you know, Um like I, as far as maturity girls, you know, Jolene's so different to Ashley, so different to like they're all different. But if you can kind of watch them enough and pick little things from 
each one of them and put it in to make it your own, I think it's like it's pretty phenomenal. Yes, exactly. And I still will sit there to this day and I don't watch so many barrel races like in actual competition anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do pay attention to how people warm up and do things like that. And, and I've learned a lot just from sitting quietly and watching. Yes. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the people that can sit quietly and watch and kind of like absorb what's going on yes. around them are some of mm-hmm. the learners. Yep, yep. But, yep. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. And it's, again, it's when you're back home, these people are like superstars and then you go to a bow race or a rodeo and they're warming up right beside you and they're just like, they'll have a chat. Like it's, it's crazy that you know it can be done and it can but it just seems when you're back home or whatever it seems so far away like it does seem very surreal when you're back in Australia um and now like I'm I've been here for I don't know a a number of years now and so it's it's become like a little bit old hat like you know I, I know them all and it's not a big deal anymore but sometimes I have to sit back you know, and even just from talking to you tonight and think, well, yeah, like, that's a pretty cool thing, yeah. Susan. Like, you're over here and you're getting to do all of this and don't take it for granted. Exactly. And I think it's hard to, uh, like, people are looking up to uh, looking up to people like us and I think it's weird to think that because I'm like, no, it's just, you know, it's second nature now to be like, warming up with these girls or getting to chat with these girls on the daily but like kind of when you sit back you're like no this is something you know I've tried my whole life to work towards um and it's pretty cool yeah but it is hard to live in the moment and realize (laughs) It, it is it is but you know the one thing that probably helped me the most like mentally over here was not to make everything about winning the barrel race yeah like take the time to go sightsee take the time to in my case pat the goat or (laughs) or or look or look at the mountains or you know go kayaking on the lake um don't just make it about winning the barrel race because if you make it all about winning the barrel race you're probably not going to win the barrel race (laughs) (laughs) exactly that is so true yeah it's just you have to remember yeah. to stop and smell the roses and I think it's the same thing it's easy when you're by yourself it's so easy to get like that like no I'm going to this bar race and I have to win it because I've put all this effort in to be here but then say you might have you know I had mum and dad and stuff come over and they're just like you you just driving down the road and they think it's like amazing and they'll see a big rig because we don't have the same like fancy trailers back home and they're like oh my gosh but yeah, it's so easy for it to, like, become complacent to these things. Yes, it, yeah. it is. And, and in all aspects of life, you know. But, um, yeah. But I will say, you know, there's no better feeling in the world than winning a barrel race. <laughs> <laughs> there really isn't. There really isn't. So what, tell us a little bit about some of your big wins. I know, yeah, you did really good at the circuit finals this year. Did you kind of have a rookie year at all over here? I did have a rookie year and it was um, 
it wasn't quite as successful as I thought it was going to go. It was the first year that I had fortune and I, I filled my permit and, you know, and I, I didn't, no, I did. I won my first pro rodeo that year in 2018 on fortune. That's so it. that was incredibly exciting. Where was like, that? It was at Goliad, Texas. Oh, perfect. And I just thought, like, I was on cloud nine. <laughs> I thought, yep. NFR, here I come. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, we all know, like, you know, that doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I got kicked back on my ass pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> At least you got the feeling. At least you got it. <laughs> yes, like it gave me a taste of success. And so, and it gave me the confidence to yeah. realise that I could do this. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as, as, as time went on, like I kept running Fortune um, and he's a phenomenal horse. I mean, I, I owe so much to that horse. Um, and, and then luckily, you know, I, Kate, famous homegirl, came into my life. Yep. And my most memorable wins have, have been on Kate. Yeah. So is she a dash to fame as well? Um, she's by Down Home Dash, who's mm-hmm. a Canadian stud, and she's out of an own daughter of Dash to Fame. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. She looks like so, a pretty cool mare. She is very, very cool. Um, we call her uh, the loose-lipped draft horse or the <laughs> loose-lipped plow horse because she has, like, these big, like, feet with feathers on them and, like, big ears and her bottom lip, like, droops down and she acts like she can barely get out of her own way. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> until it's time yeah. till it's time to bow race. <laughs> yeah, like I I mean even this like I mean my most memorable win has been on her. It was at Phillipsburg last year and it was everybody wants to run a sub seventeen on a standard pattern. Yeah. I mean like it, it's a dream to yeah, do that. And and Kate was the first horse to do that for me. We won the rodeo on a 16-9. And, you know, we we went on to win like two or three other rodeos like in the next month straight after that. And I guess that's like a little bit of the snowball effect. Like you get that confidence and and then it's a lot easier to keep winning once you're on a winning streak. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, like the the polar opposite when you're down and in a slump it's it can be hard to get out of it It, it, I would have to say probably the hardest thing that I've had to learn to overcome yeah is getting out of a slump yeah and how do you do that do you just kind of look forward to the next run or like I I I still am learning that a lot (laughs) but yeah yeah, I have learnt to have a very short-term memory mm-hmm. um, when it comes to my runs. If I have a bad run or if I have three or four bad runs in a row, like you need to forget them. Like you you can sulk and have a little tanty over them for 10 minutes and after your 10 minutes is up, like you need to forget about it completely. Yeah. Because if you don't, you will, for me anyway, I will stay in that rut of, riding to not make a mistake rather than riding to win yeah exactly yeah no and that's definitely still something I've learned and I heard um a it was a video like interview with Brittany and she was saying 
you know, someone was like, how do you keep so kind of mentally strong? She said she just treats every run like a, a new run. Is that kind of something you've had to adopt as well? Like, you know, if you're going, if you're in an average or a short go or um, something like that, you just kind of have to treat it like it's not a, not an average. <laughs> exactly. Like I no longer run down the alley thinking, uh, you know, tr- I no longer run down the alley trying to win. Mm-hmm. I run down the alley just trying to do my job. Yeah. And if I do my job, whatever happens, happens. Exactly. But it took me a few years to um, be able to control those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of, it takes the losses at the bow races and at the rodeos to realise, like, I have to yes. fix this. I can't keep it going like this. Yes, yes, exactly. And sometimes I think you have to know when to stop go home and regroup for a little while too yeah yeah um yeah so I mean there's a there's so many different aspects of it mentally I think there's there's so many horses and so many girls over here that can ride well enough and are competitive enough but sometimes it's the mental game that sets the the you know Brittany and and Cassie and all of those like that's what sets them apart not only are they you know, insanely talented, but they have immense mental control. Exactly. And they've been, they have, like those girls have been doing it for so long that I'm sure that they've had some crazy slumps or, you know, I'm sure that it's just been learning from mistakes. But, man, like they are just so tough. Yep. Yep. Like, and I would say mastering the mental game has been the hardest thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For me. I, I think even... Um, I mean, in my opinion, you know, like you said, sometimes you have to go home and regroup because over here you could just keep going and going and going because there's always something on. But and like, whereas back home, it's like you can rodeo for six months, have three months off because there's nothing to go to. So I think um, over here you have to be a little bit more self-aware of your horses probably and also yourself of like when's the time to go home and give them a break because you don't want to get caught up in like the novelty of having something to go to all the time. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think every competitor at some point or another has, you know, kept competing longer than they should have, you know, where maybe we should have taken a step back, regrouped and then come out again. And it's been one of the tough lessons that I've had to learn too. Like, yeah, I will say like, last winter like I had a terrible winter this yep. year like terrible <laughs> like, I, were you, I don't even where were you rodeoing this winter so I started off um I went to Odessa I hit a barrel mm-hmm. I'm like okay no big deal I don't like Odessa <laughs> anyway it's never I been mean, good to me Odessa's hard isn't it <laughs> yeah if it's a very tricky pen I'm like let's go on to the next rodeo so you know we went to Denver and my mare ran really good in the first round and then we hit a barrel in the second round, which, uh, you know, and then I come back and I, I go to Fort Worth Stock Show and I was so excited to get into oh, that. You were in it's all the big ones. Yes. And so then I hit barrels both rounds at Fort Worth Stock Show and then I made the American semis in the eastern region. So I went out there and, oh, I hit barrels again. Oh, my God. <laughs> and at that point I thought, I am actually doing this to myself. Yeah. 
because I am running down the alleyway trying not to hit a barrel. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was doing, was hitting barrels. Yeah, and it is. And so, like, the more you think about it, the more you think about not doing something in your subconscious mm-hmm. mind, that's when you do it. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying, I was just trying too hard. And so I had to like stop and I turned out of like a lot of big rock. I turned out of Jackson and Tucson and like I had good draws at a lot of other big winter rodeos. And I went home and went to some jackpots and got my head right again. And, you know, and then I had a great summer again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was – I learned a lot from not doing well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that – I mean, you don't – that's where you do learn a lot. You don't learn learn well from when you're just, like, winning everything because it's the, it's the struggles that you realise, like, hey, I have to change this. I have to, like, mentally be a hell of a lot tougher and – um you know be that self-aware to be like I need to fix something I need to change something maybe I just need a little break to regroup and see it differently you know yeah I think you hit the nail on the head when you said being self-aware yeah yeah I think that's something I and that was not uh I mean I think I was always I was always pretty self-aware but when I came over here I've almost got more self-aware because I'm like god these girls um you know like the girls around you that are winning and the different styles and the different training methods. Like if you came over here close-minded, you w- you're never going to get anywhere because there are so many different ways of doing it over here and um, so much you can learn that that's where you're going to get better. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like when I first came over here, like the long runs to the first barrel and the alleyways, mm-hmm. um, I found them intimidating. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that was, you know, seven or eight years ago. And, and it took me a little while um, to kind of realise that actually the faster I went, the easier <laughs> it was. Like, stop trying to control everything so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and now the further away the first barrel is, the happier I am. <laughs> so, like, it's just done a complete, like, flip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just what you what you kind of get in tune to and what you figure out what works for you you know yes yes yep that's awesome so what's your um kind of what's your plans coming up are you going to be rodeoing again pretty hard do you futurity at all or anything like that I don't really futurity I'll enter like a few derby horses yeah so basically what has happened over the past four or five years is um Chris Blaine is the trainer that um, I work with up in Ontario, Canada. And so he sent me a number of horses and a lot of them are horses that he's futurityed on. And so he'll do their futurity year and then he'll send them down here and I'll either like season them and run them in a few derbies and then go rodeo on them or season them and and then sell them. Um, And so I've been lucky to get a lot of experience riding a lot of different horses that way and also to have you know a, a talented trainer believe in me has, has meant a lot yeah um and so I have a couple of horses down here now that I'll probably enter some derbies some of the smaller derbies in and then they'll get seasoned at some of the smaller rodeos and then come um you know late December January February like I will get back on Kate and Chicken 
at the bigger rodeos. Yeah. And so is that kind of, does that, is you ride horses a lot? Like, does that help fund you going on the road and everything like that? No, unfortunately, I don't make any money from horses. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to say I do, but like, (laughs) yeah, I I, I don't. Like, I might make a bit of pocket money out of it. But, but what it does do is give me, the ability to ride more horses, which goes a long way towards helping my own riding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just getting to ride different styles and um, figure yes. out what you like and what works for you too. Yes, yes, exactly. And I mean, I, I, when I went back to Australia, when I realised I had no money, I thought, okay, I, I can't go back to the US and think that I can compete with everybody over there and not have any money because it doesn't work like that yeah (laughs) um yeah and so you know I I have some rental houses over here that have taken me years and years to kind of just build on a little bit um which that pays a grocery bill um (laughs) yeah pretty much but yeah (laughs) yeah no it's a it's a very expensive sport that's for sure it is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like every time I win a big check, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I can fill my diesel up, my diesel tank up again. <laughs> exactly. And it's not good to think about how much money you spent to win that check. You know, like that's, you never think about that because that makes it worse. <laughs> never. Like I never think about that. I just keep running my card at the diesel Bowser and I keep putting more money on my Procom account. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like before summer like I go and I'm like okay I'm gonna put like uh $2,000 on my Procom mm-hmm. account and hopefully I win enough money that I can just keep topping up my Procom account but if I don't I'm in a world of hurt <laughs> exactly yeah you're hoping you don't have to look for a little while and like they'll, they'll keep taking your entry fees out <laughs> yes yes <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so it's um for the people that don't know it's you can put money on like your account online and then they just take your entry fee money out of that. You don't have to necessarily go up and pay your fees at every rodeo and you enter yeah. online too and kind of can do all your draw outs and everything like that online. It's a, it's a whole thing. We could probably do a whole nother episode on how to enter, just enter a rodeo. Yes. Yes. It, it, and it has been made easier since they've introduced the online portal. Yeah. I mean, when we used to have to call up and sit on hold for like hours on end like oh my gosh I kind of thought that that actually had to happen but I was like I don't know how long ago that was happening yeah gosh I can't remember it might have been like three years ago maybe two years ago I think they introduced the portal about two years ago yeah yeah and and it really has been like of huge benefit uh, until it crashed over yeah, the 4th of say, July. Like, <laughs> like multiple times. <laughs> That's the worst time of the year. <laughs> the worst time and people couldn't like, couldn't check their drawers, like the trades, nothing. Yep. <laughs> yep, we had to go back to doing it the old school way. <laughs> yeah. And then you realise how impatient you are. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Like it started to stress me there for a little while and I'm like, oh, you know what? It's just rodeo. It's not like I'm solving world hunger or cancer. It is just a rodeo. <laughs> yeah, you're just stuck out there somewhere in the, like on the road wondering if you can be entered in the next rodeo. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. 
<laughs> but I, you just got to stop and put it into perspective. <laughs> exactly. You really do. It's, um, it's first world problems and it's just, yeah, sometimes you have to do that. Perfect. So are you gonna do you are you in the big rodeos this winter? I really don't know. Um I think it'd be borderline whether I get into Fort Worth Stock Show. Um because I placed at the last qualifying rodeo, which was Denton, but I don't know if the two girls above me had already qualified. So I really probably won't know until I put my entries in and and open my draw back and it's either going to give me a draw position or it's going to say drawn out <laughs> yeah, yeah. um denver i'm not sure i have a feeling i'll have to go to the qualifier um on the 28th and 29th for denver yeah and where is the qualifier in denver it is in denver yeah mm-hmm. perfect yep hopefully it won't um, be up there Oh, my gosh. Last year at the qualifier was quite the experience. Oh, my gosh. I yes. Could, I, yeah, I was like, don't send me to the snow. I have no idea how to handle it. I don't want to ever be in, driving in the snow. <laughs> well, <laughs> my, my husband was over here from Australia at the time. Yeah. And so we drive up to Denver to the qualifier and there's like these massive winter storm warnings. Yeah. And, like, a couple of girls are like, oh, no, we're not going. Like, sounds too dangerous. Well, me, <laughs> I don't know what quit means. Quit? Is that a word? <laughs> no. So, no. We continue on up there. <laughs> and um, they ended up, like, compressing, like, bringing the second round of the qualifier further forward so that all of us could get out of Denver before this monumental winter storm hit. Oh, my gosh. And so – I, I make my run. Luckily, I, I qualify back to get into the rodeo. We load up and, like, we hit the road. <laughs> and the storm is supposed to be about six hours behind us. Now, for people in Australia, it's really hard to explain the sto- winter storms over here. Like, it is like a massive cold front that is just r- racing to catch up with you. Like, there's nothing gradual about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> it hits. So we get down and I think we were like, we were going through Amarillo. So we'd gone like right where like you cross from Colorado to New Mexico and Texas, like that that little triangle there. And I got my horses off to water them. And it was still like 40 something degrees Fahrenheit. So it was still a little bit above freezing. And I for some reason I didn't dump the water in my tanks because I thought that we were hours ahead of the storm. Oh, no. Turns out we weren't. The minute I put my horses back on the trailer, the temperature dropped like 30 degrees in 10 minutes. And the wind and, oh, my Lord. So we drove home. It took us like 15 hours to drive what should have taken us six hours. And there are semi-trailers, like the wind gusts have blown semi-trailers off the road and there's tumbleweeds, like dozens of tumbleweeds just blowing across the road. And I've got both hands on one side of the steering wheel, like just desperately trying to keep this truck on the road. All the pipes in my trailer (laughs) bust because I, I thought we were far enough ahead of the storm. But oh anyways, gosh. wow! Yeah, it was quite the experience. Yeah, yeah. And when I got home, I had horses here. It turned out, 
and um like they had all their winter blankets on but like they have like they had icicles hanging off the hair in their ears and quite the experience yeah I have never experienced like weather events like I have here and just the like we were driving through a massive storm once and not cold but like just the lightning and the hail and I I've never been in thunderstorms and stuff like that as bad as I have here multiple times yeah like the weather over here is wild and it'll hit quick like you can't take it for granted (laughs) yeah you really can't and that um like winterizing your trailer is such a big thing because it's so hard if your pipes burst and like it's a lot of effort to fix them (laughs) oh yeah yucky it really was and luckily you know like I got my pipes fixed and I put new PEX pipes in it and hopefully I don't have that problem anymore. But, you know, I will make sure to <laughs> drain my tanks next time around. <laughs> exactly. You have to take it seriously. I'm the same. I'm like, I'm so like, I'm like, no, it won't be that bad, you know, with the storms and stuff. And, like, it gets that bad. Like, there's little, there's been, like, mini tornadoes come through here. I'm like, that's, they wouldn't come through here. And they do. Like, you come out and there's sheds on their roof and it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it's an Australian thing, like, because I know, like, obviously you're a little bit like it and I know Tennille's like it. And we're all just a little bit like, oh, it'll be right. Yeah. <laughs> no biggie. I know. <laughs> I know. And people, like, they panic so hard and I'm like, no, it's, you know, I don't think it'll be that bad. And they're like, it will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, even, like, getting to the rodeos on time like I will be the one person that will be there like late yeah and I'll be like oh it'll be fine <laughs> yeah I know no I am very I think it is like an Australian thing and the only other thing people say is like that we just can't handle the cold like the it when it's a little bit cold here like to us it's freezing oh I complain bitterly about the cold all winter like I've been complaining about the cold today yeah. <laughs> and it's not even that cold <laughs> yeah it's just the weather extremes are nuts I can't it's it's very different yeah yeah yep. like I've I've just learned to dress a little bit better for the cold yeah I know <laughs> I know and I think you know the fact that like if it was going to snow anywhere in Australia there is no way you would run a rodeo even if you had a covered or like an indoor arena but over here, they're, like, purposely running them when it's snowing. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, over here, it's like the show must go on. Yeah, no matter what. Like, the only thing that might temporarily hold the rodeo up is lightning. Yeah. And like, out of all the rodeos I've been to over here, I've only ever once seen a rodeo mm-hmm. not cancelled, just <laughs> delayed because of the lightning. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah, and they... <laughs> They will run no matter what. Like they won't, they will not cancel. They'll just maybe push it back a little bit. Yes. Yep. And like we ran like a storm like no other came through. Like it lasted about an hour. And the arena went from being perfect to like underwater. Yep. And so most of the bow races, like I went running on that. And I'm like, oh, I'm already here now. I guess I'm like last out in slack, so I'll just see what all the other girls do. So I go up there and pat on the horse up, and I'm sitting there. And I'm like, oh well, nobody's fallen over, so I guess I'll run. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, lo and behold, if I hadn't have ran there, I probably wouldn't have made the circuit finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, there's, there's always a reason. 
Exactly, exactly. Who would have known that you would win $600 in knee-deep mud? I know. And sometimes that $600 is the $600 you really need. (laughs) It was. When I look back, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm really glad that I ran down the alley there in the mud. Exactly. Oh, my God, it's nuts. And I've seen kind of like the the videos when they bring the helicopter in to try and dry out the arena. I'm like, oh, my God. Just yes, <laughs> that would never happen in Australia. <laughs> the flat out comes, like right the arena. Exactly, and I don't know if that means you know we're uh, they're a little bit more intelligent in Australia, <laughs> or if like or they just like you know they're quitters. I I don't I don't know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, yeah, it's just different. That's for sure. I think the values yeah. are a little different, but. Well, it's just not the money in it. <laughs> exactly, that too. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Awesome. But... Oh, my gosh. Well, I think we've kind of covered everything. Um, but, yeah. I think so. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast. You're very welcome. I really enjoyed this chat. <laughs> No worries, and hopefully we get to see you at some rodeos soon. Yeah. Do you have, yeah. Do you have any plans to go to any soon? Um, I am heading to Vegas on Friday to help Brittany at the mm-hmm. finals, and then as soon as I get back, I'm going back home for like three weeks. So okay. once I'm back from there, I'll see what <laughs> what yep. goes on. I kind of went to um, I went to the WPRA finals, and I just got in my own way and made some silly mistakes trying to pretty much trying to win like we were talking about so Mm -hmm. um when I get back yeah I'll probably go to some big bow races and then see how we're doing and see what I can get to but I would like to get to some more rodeos and stuff like that yep cool well hopefully we see you around at some of those winter rodeos yeah I'm sure I'm sure we will Thank you for listening to another episode of the Young Western Podcast. If you like this, you can head over to Facebook and find our closed Facebook page, the Young Western Podcast, or you can follow the links in our bio to all of our private Instagrams and TikToks and things like that. Any new episodes will be promoted on there, or you can email us at youngwesternpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.